Chapter 2 A Good Man Who Went to Hell, and a Bad Man Who Went to Heaven And he spake also this parable unto certain who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and set all others at naught. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as the rest of men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I get. But the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast, saying, God, be thou merciful to me, a sinner. I say unto you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be humbled, but he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Some of you will think that I have this subject twisted, and that it ought to read, A good man who went to heaven, and a bad man who went to hell. But the subject, as I have given it, is exactly right. Jesus Christ himself is my authority for saying that this good man went to hell, and that this bad man went to heaven. He has given us the picture of this good man and of this bad man. Jesus himself is responsible for the statement that the good man was lost, and that the bad man was saved. Read our Lord's own words about it in Luke chapter 18, verses 9-14, through 14, American Standard Version. And he spake also this parable unto certain who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and set all others at naught. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as the rest of men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast, saying, God, be thou merciful to me, a sinner. I say unto you, This man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be humbled, but he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Jesus definitely declares here that the publican went down to his house justified, and a man who is justified before God is saved. He is sure to go to heaven. On the other hand, Jesus Christ tells us with equal plainness that the Pharisee went down to his house unjustified, and a man who is unjustified before God is sure to go to hell. Now let us look at the two men of whom our Lord Jesus has drawn so graphic and so instructive a picture in a very few but very telling words. The Good Man Who Went to Hell Characteristics of the Good Man We notice first that this man was a moral man, a clean man in his personal habits. He could look right up into the face of God who knows our every act, our secret acts, which are done under cover of the night, as well as our public acts, which all see, and our secret thoughts, and he could say, I am not an adulterer, I am a clean man morally. It is a good thing to be able to say that. Some of you men here could not say that. God pity you. You might say it to me, but you could not say it to God. You would not dare. But this man could say it, and say it to God, and yet he was not saved. 
A good many men in our day build their hopes for eternity on their outward goodness, on the fact that their actions have not been defiled by one of the most loathsome of all sins in any of its forms. Their speech is clean, their conversation is generally pure, and they never read the vile literature so prevalent in our day. Well, outward righteousness is a good thing, but it won't save anyone. And if that is all you have to build your hope of heaven upon, you are lost and headed straight for hell. We also notice that this man was honest in his business relations. He could look up into God's face and say, I am not an extortioner, that is, a greedy, predatory money-grabber. This man did not charge exorbitant rates of interest. He did not freeze other men out of business. He did not oppress his employees and their wages. He did not cheat his customers. It is a good thing to be able to say what this man said. Many men here could not say what he said. Some of you found a man who was backed into a corner. You had a little money to loan, but oh, how you squeezed your poor brother. Some of you needed to have work done, and you found a poor, starving fellow. You hired him to do a dollar's worth of work for fifty cents, and even then you called it charity. Some of you took advantage of a man's or woman's ignorance and charged them double for what you sold them and called it business enterprise, but God called it stealing. Then today many eminently respectable citizens build up great business enterprises by crowding someone else out. Their vast fortunes are built upon the ruined business enterprises of others, upon broken hearts and desolated homes, and God only knows what else. It is a great thing in days like these to be able to look up into God's face and say what this man said, I am not greedy, I am not a money-grabber, I am not an extortioner. But it won't save you. This man could say it, but Jesus Christ says he was lost in spite of all that. He went down to his house unjustified. He went to hell after all. A good many tonight have their hopes for eternity based on the fact that they are generally honest in business, that they believe in the square deal and practice the square deal themselves. But if you have no better foundation than that for your hope of heaven, you are a lost man. Next, we notice that this man was a highly respected member of society. He was a Pharisee. The Pharisees were a highly respected class of society. They deserved to be. Everybody respected them. They were the one class of society that was held in highest esteem. They occupied a higher place in public esteem in Jerusalem than the members of any of our present civic organizations for moral and political betterment occupy today, and perhaps with better reason. When the ordinary citizen saw a Pharisee going down the street, he would say to his son, There goes Mr. Simon de Chios. He is a Pharisee, a very fine man, very upright, very pure, and always thrifty. I hope, my son, that when you grow up, you will be like him. Now, it is a fine thing to be highly respected. It is an exceedingly pleasant thing to be well thought of and to be well spoken of, but it won't save anybody. It won't keep anybody out of hell. It did not save this man. He is in hell now. Many men think God must think well of them because men do. This is a great mistake. For Jesus Christ himself tells us, God knoweth your hearts. 
for that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Luke chapter 16, verse 15. God does not see as men see, for men look merely upon the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. I once heard a distinguished liberal preacher in Chicago speak when he was preaching a funeral sermon over a man who was an upright man, but not a Christian. The brilliant liberal preacher wanted to make it clear that this man had gone to heaven. Under these circumstances, I heard him say, Any world will welcome a good citizen. The intended implication being that heaven would welcome this man because he was a good citizen, even though he was not a Christian man. I am afraid this liberal preacher was not knowledgeable about the heavenly world and the conditions upon which one is welcomed there. Many citizens of Los Angeles, highly respected gentlemen like our friend the Pharisee of the text, do not stand the slightest chance of spending eternity in heaven unless they do something that they have never done yet. Look at the Pharisee again. This man saw no flaws in himself, but was the best man in the world in his own estimation. Speaking to God, he said, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Luke chapter 18, verse 11. Literally translated, what he said was, I thank thee that I am not as the rest of men. He divided society into two classes. He was in one class all alone, and all the rest of men were in the other class. He was good, and all the rest of men were bad. And there he stands, exclaiming, I thank thee that I am not as the rest of men. He had a mighty high opinion of himself, but he went to hell just the same. How many men there are who are building their hopes of heaven on their inability to discover any flaws in themselves? I do not see what I need of Christ, many are saying, or I see no great sins in myself. Jesus Christ may do for the drunkard, the harlot, the thief, and the murderer, but what do I need of him? Well, let me tell you why you need Jesus Christ you need Him to save you from being everlastingly damned. That is all. But that is enough, isn't it? You talk quite like this Pharisee, who, our Lord Jesus tells us, went down to his house unjustified, was lost, and is now in hell. Also, this Pharisee was a religious man. Every Pharisee was very religious, and this particular Pharisee was especially so. All Pharisees were often given to reading the scriptures and other pious books. They were given to prayer and religious ceremonies. This particular Pharisee could tell the Lord how often he fasted every week. He fasted twice every week. He fasted far more frequently than the law required of him. He was also perfectly orthodox. The Pharisaical party was the orthodox party. The Sadducees were the heretics. Now, religious ceremonies are good. Praying is good. Fasting is good. Orthodoxy is very good. But all of these put together won't save anyone. They won't keep anyone out of hell. No, in all this world's history, they have never saved one single soul. Many depend on these things as the foundation of their hope of heaven. Oh, I am quite sure I will go to heaven many are saying, for I pray every morning and every night, I read the Bible every day, I go to church every Sunday, I fast on Fridays and through Lent, I partake of communion very often, and I am orthodox in my creed, very orthodox. I believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible, in the virgin birth of our Lord, and in the deity of the Lord Jesus. 
I believe in the literal bodily resurrection, in the atonement by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and in the premillennial coming of Christ. I also believe in endless punishment. Oh, I am safe. Fine. Very fine. But listen. All you have mentioned does not prove you are saved and headed for heaven. Religion is a good thing, a very good thing. But many men and women will be in hell who were very religious on earth and very orthodox too. But we have not yet reached the end of the excellencies of this Pharisee. This Pharisee was a generous man. He could tell God he gave a tenth of all he made. It is a good thing to be able to say that. I wonder how many in this audience could say, I give a tenth of all I get. I wish more of you could. I wish it for your own sakes. I wish it for the sake of the poor. I wish it for Jesus Christ's sake. It is a good thing to be generous. It is a good thing to give away one dollar in every ten dollars you make, ten dollars in every hundred dollars, ten thousand dollars in every hundred thousand you make. Yes, it is a good thing, a mighty fine thing, but it won't save you. It won't take you to heaven. This Pharisee did it, and he was lost after all. He went as straight to hell as many who never gave a penny. Don't you think that this Pharisee was a pretty good man, as men go? Wasn't he in many important respects a most exemplary man? But he was lost. Jesus Christ distinctly tells us he went down to his house unjustified, an unforgiven sinner under the wrath of God. He went to hell. Why? For precisely the same reason that many of you tonight are lost and on the road to hell. Why the good man went to hell. First, he went to hell because he trusted in himself. In verse 9 we read that Jesus spoke this parable unto certain who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. This man counted his virtues, his clean life, his honesty in business, the high esteem in which he was held in the community, his own high estimation of himself, his religiousness and his generosity in giving, and he put his trust in these good qualities of his own. But any man who puts his trust in his own virtues and goodness and many righteous acts, or in himself in any way, will be lost. He will spend eternity in hell, no matter how good he is. Secondly, this man went to hell because he despised others. We read in verse 9 that Jesus spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others, authorized King James Version. He thanked God he was not as the rest of men, or even as this publican, American Standard Version, who stood near him praying. There are many like this man, many here tonight. You despise the drunkard, you despise the rum seller, you despise the bootlegger, you despise the harlot, you despise the criminal. You think that you are different from all these, but God has plainly said in His Word that there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3, verses 22-23 through 23. And God also says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. 1 John chapter 1, 
verse 8 and verse 10. You will be lost unless you refrain from trusting in yourselves and despising others. In the third place, and principally, this man went to hell because he did not acknowledge himself to be a sinner. There is not one word or hint of confession of sin in all his prayer. There is no pardon of sin possible without confession that we are sinners. No man who will not definitely confess himself to be a sinner will ever enter heaven. God tells us this over and over again in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. For example, he says in Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13, authorized King James version, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. If you will not take the sinner's place before God and confess yourself a sinner, there is no possibility of your escaping hell. In the fourth place, this man went to hell because he did not cry to God for mercy. He told God how good he was. He considered himself as a saint richly deserving God's admiration, not as a sinner sorely needing God's mercy and pardon. There are a good many like him. There are a good many men in Los Angeles who might have sat for this picture of the man who went to hell, which our Lord Jesus has drawn in our text, and all such persons are lost. Every man is a sinner needing pardon, and no matter how good a man may be or may think he is, he will never be saved. He will never get God's favor. He will never be pardoned. He will not escape an everlasting hell until he gets down before God and honestly cries to God for mercy. It was a very simple way in which this good man was lost. Just by not taking his right place before God as a sinner and crying to God for mercy, that is the way many of the best men and women in this house are being lost tonight. Wake up! Wake up before it is too late. Wake up now to the fact that you are a sinner, or you will wake up someday in hell. Cry to God tonight for mercy and for forgiveness of your many sins, or you will cry someday for a drop of water to cool your swollen tongue when you are in anguish in the flames of hell. The Bad Man Who Went to Heaven Characteristics of the Bad Man in the first place, he was an immoral man. Without a doubt, he was an immoral man, for the business he was in necessitated his being immoral. A man could hardly be honest in the business in which this man was engaged. He was a petty tax gatherer. The Roman government farmed out the taxes of a province as a whole, and the collector for the province had to get his money back as best he could, by whatever means he could. In addition, he had to make a profit for himself. He farmed out his province in sections, and the collector of taxes of each section had to get his share. This man in turn farmed out his section to the petty tax gatherers, the publicans, and they had to get their share. Extortion and crookedness of all kinds were employed to make the business of a publican pay. A man could hardly be honest in that business, and he was therefore an outcast from good society and classed with sinners. Publicans and sinners was the phrase constantly used concerning publicans. Secondly, this man was looked down upon by his fellow men. 
While the Pharisee was the man who was universally held in highest esteem, the publican was the man who was universally held in utter contempt. Remember, though, that the fact that you belong to a class everyone despises is no proof whatever that you can never enter heaven. And third, this man saw many faults in himself. In his own eyes, he was the chief of sinners. While the Pharisee thought of himself as the best man in the world, the publican thought of himself as the worst. While the Pharisee thanked God he was not as the rest of men, the publican regarded himself as a sinner. Luke chapter 18 verse 13. The one preeminent sinner. The fact that a man sees himself as a great sinner, even the greatest of sinners, is no reason for his thinking he cannot get to heaven. Paul said, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Yet Paul is in heaven today. When they cut off his head in Rome, his spirit departed to be with Christ in glory. Philippians chapter 1 verse 23 there will be a great company of men and women in heaven who saw themselves as the chief of sinners while here on earth. In the fourth place, this publican who went to heaven had not been a religious man. The publicans were an irreligious, careless, godless lot. We see him in this picture becoming religious and going up into the temple to pray, but this was something new. He had been disdainful of the religion of his fathers, or he would never have been in the business of tax collecting. Only the man who put making money before the religion of his fathers would consent to be a publican. How often we look at the careless, irreligious crowd, the men and women who seldom or never go to church, who seldom or never pray, who never read the Bible, who have never been baptized or joined the church, and think there is no hope for that crowd. Oh, yes, there is. This once utterly irreligious publican is now in heaven. There are hosts of men and women in Los Angeles tonight who never darken church doors, who will someday turn around and get to heaven if you and I do our duty. I went to a lumber town in Wisconsin where there was not a single church, but where there were twenty-two saloons. I have spoken on the streets and in an old saloon, and have seen a lot of these hard, old, irreligious tough guys saved. And the former keeper of that very saloon was saved. I have seen a tough old sporting man, whose mother before him ran a sporting house in Omaha, and he had never been in a Protestant church before in his life. He started on that very day to spend the afternoon and night gambling, but he was brought into our church in Chicago and saved before he got out. I have had a man call me out of this pulpit to speak to me under that gallery, a man who had been a gambler and a crook all his life. But he wanted to take Christ as his Savior and could not wait until I had preached my sermon. The irreligious gang is often more hopeful material to witness to than the self-righteous gang. A man may be as bad a heretic as this publican probably was. He may have been a foul, rampant, raging infidel or agnostic up to the present moment, and then get saved and start for heaven and eternal glory before this meeting is over. I have seen a man who was an indecent and bitter infidel who had not been inside a church for twelve years. He had come into our building where he was saved before he got out.
that man was preaching the gospel within a year. One of the brightest converts we had in Kansas City while I preached there a short time ago was an intelligent university man. The first time he came to hear me, he was an utter agnostic. I once saw a man who was 92 years old and had not been inside a church for 80 years. He had come into a meeting like this, where I was preaching, and went out a saved man. In the fifth place, this man who was now in heaven was a miserable old skinflint. Money was his god. He got all he could, by hook or by crook, and kept all he got. I admit that a man held in the power of the love of gold is almost the hardest man there is to save, far harder than a drunkard, a gambler, or a harlot. But it can be done. Jesus Christ tells us this bad man went to his house justified. So beyond a doubt he went to heaven and is there now. He was certainly a tough customer, but he was saved. What did he do that brought him salvation in spite of all that was against him? How the bad man went to heaven. First, he took his right place before God. He took his place as a sinner. That is what anyone must do and everyone must do in order to be saved. God's word is as plain as day about that. God says in a passage already quoted, 1 John chapter 1 verses 8 through 9, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is not a man or woman on earth who will ever get to heaven unless they own up to what God says in this book, namely, that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and get right down before God and confess that they are poor, miserable, vile, worthless, hell-deserving sinners. Jesus Christ can save sinners, even the worst, but He cannot save anyone but sinners. Sinners who confess fully and frankly that they are sinners. Some of you listening tonight will spend eternity in hell for that very reason. You won't own up that you are sinners. You know you are but you won't admit it. You seek to conceal it or excuse it or gloss over it. And before you get through, you have tried to make out that you are a pretty good sort after all. Listen, you are bound straight for hell. You are taking the shortest and swiftest way to that awful place. Secondly, this man asked for mercy. He saw there was only one hope for him, and that was in the unmerited favor of God. Any man can be saved by grace. No one can be saved in any other way. In the third place, this man recognized that there was no mercy to be had except on the ground of shed blood. That comes out in the literal translation of the words, be merciful. Literally translated, it means, be propitiated. Listen, friends. There is no salvation or pardon except on the ground of the shed blood, the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. God says, without shedding of blood is no remission. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. Scripture. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, 
to show his righteousness because of the passing over of the sins done aforetime in the forbearance of God. Romans chapter 3 verses 23 through 25. Scripture Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. There is pardon, complete pardon for the vilest sinner that ever walked this earth as a result of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. There is no pardon for anyone on earth in any other way. God knows I was vile, only as God and I know, but my sins are all forgiven. They are all blotted out. Thank God I know that. If I should die tonight, I know my soul would be secure with the Lord, but it is only because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Nobody will ever get to heaven on any other ground. Our Lord Jesus Himself says, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one cometh unto the Father but by me. John chapter 14, verse 6. The Unitarian denies the atoning blood, and he will not and cannot get to heaven until he changes his position on that matter. The Christian scientist denies the atoning blood, and not a Christian scientist can get to heaven until he gives up that damning error. It is true many call themselves Christian scientists who are not really so. They do not realize that Mrs. Eddy denied and sneered at the atoning blood, but she did. So a real Christian scientist cannot get to heaven until he recognizes his error on that point. Many of our professedly orthodox people today deny the atoning blood, so not one of them will get to heaven until they give up that damning error. There is a way to heaven that is open to the vilest sinner that ever walked this earth. If he will simply recognize the fact that he is a sinner and accept God's testimony about Jesus Christ and his atoning blood, he needs to trust God to forgive him on the basis of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Not one man or woman on earth can be saved in any other way. A great number of you tonight are trusting in the very same things that landed the Pharisee of our text in hell. And unless you stop trusting in these things, you will soon land there too. You are neglecting to do what the Pharisee neglected to do, and you will wind up where he has already wound up, unless you change your course soon. But listen, the door of heaven stands open to anyone who will do what the publican did. 1. Take your place as a sinner before God. 2. Cry to God for mercy. 3. Recognize that there is no mercy except that based on the shed blood of Jesus Christ. 4. Believe God's testimony about that blood, that by the shedding of Christ's blood your sins were all atoned for. 5. Trust God to forgive you and save you tonight, because Jesus Christ died in your place. Do that, and you are sure to get to heaven. Who will do it right now? Everyone in this audience will leave this building justified or unjustified on the direct road to heaven or on the direct road to hell. It depends entirely upon whether you do what the Pharisee, the good man who went to hell did, or what the publican, the bad man who went to heaven did. It is for each one to decide for yourself what you will do. 
How will you decide?